before we get started this morning, I want to make mention of a couple of things. This is the uh, first Sunday since we uh, had the meet and greet, and I am uh, very thankful uh, for all that was done for us and the outpouring of love that we received from the congregation here, and and um, you know, and, and the filling also of our pantry. And uh, Timothy would specifically like to thank all the people who bought marshmallows. Um, so every time I find him, he's got a bag of marshmallows. So I, um, so I appreciate that. I appreciate uh, everybody uh, making us feel welcome. And I, and I say that uh, first because I, because I want to mention uh, something else here, and and that is that the, the Pemberton family is also uh, hurting at this time. And I know that this is a loving congregation. And I know that I've seen firsthand that love. And at this time, we need to show uh, that love, that same love, uh, even more so to the Pemberton family. And uh, I, I just I just want you all to know that I've been praying for you and you've been in my thoughts and prayers uh, ever since. Um, you know, thinking about the lesson today, uh, the... The thought comes to mind all the time. This is the Sunday uh, before Christmas. And all, all these people out in the religious world, of course, have have different ideas concerning Christmas. And, and you know, I, I love this time of year for the simple fact that people are very joyous at this time of year. Uh, you can go and, and, uh, and, and see it. People that would normally cut you off in traffic, they're, they're a little nicer about it, you know. And, you know, the... You know, you've got all these things that are going on, and people just tend to be just in a in a better mood, and 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 it is just a wonderful thing. You think about World War II. During World War II, uh, Christmas came along, and on both sides, the fighting stops. Christmas carols are being sung, and all day there was an unspoken truce. Uh, you, you, at that time, also hostages. Uh, of war, you know, those those prisoners of war were able to receive packages and letters from home uh, of people just wanting to say, "Hey, I love you," and that that happened on both sides. Now, there is a a a big movement that has been going on for several years concerning Christmas and our Lord, and I wanted to speak about some of those things. This morning, but I, I wanted to maybe do it in a little different way. Uh, I wanted to, to to talk about like this. You know, I love Jesus even at Christmas time, and and that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. I love Jesus even at Christmas time, and there's going to be three simple points. I love Jesus in no way. I love Jesus in part of the way, and I love Jesus in every way. First one, I love Jesus in no way. You know, there is a, a, a common uh, greeting that is, is given to people at this time of year, and that is Merry Christmas. But there are some people who do not observe Christmas, and they observe another religious holiday at this time, and that is they, they observe Hanukkah. Now, I say, I say that because a lot of people in this religious world will celebrate Christmas as a religious holiday. Now, we don't in the church, 
but they they do and and of course there are some who are Jews who celebrate Hanukkah and, and so I love Jesus in no way. Now what's the history of Hanukkah? You know, have you ever heard the history of Hanukkah? Well, in the Apocrypha, which is, you know, those extra books given to the Catholics there, you got these extra books and the Apocrypha means doubtful. Uh, so this is a these are doubtful things written about. Uh, now, the Apocrypha is basically good for only one thing, and that is a little bit of general history. And, and really, uh, when you get down to it, uh, you can throw out everything but the Maccabees, and you probably can get a fairly good understanding of an in-between period of the Old Testament and New Testament. Now, that doesn't mean that everything in this is correct, because obviously there are a lot of things that are wrong. Uh, but some of these uh, events have been corroborated and have been given in greater detail. Now, Judas Maccabeus gives the history here, and in 165 B.C., the Jews combated the Syrians for three years. And they, they finally defeated them. They go, they cleanse the temple... They have a feast there, and then they light the lamps. Now, when they light the lamps, supposedly, supposedly the Lord grants a miracle, and the lights of the lamp miraculously stay lit for eight days. That's where you get those eight days of Hanukkah. Now, as we see, actually, Hanukkah is actually mentioned within the scriptures. You know, Hanukkah is not mentioned as Hanukkah. It is called the Feast of Dedication or the Festival of Lights in some cases. But it is the Feast of Dedication. Now, uh, in this process of Hanukkah, what they do is they, they light the menorah. There's eight candles. They light the menorah. Now, we, and, and this goes along with the, with the eight, eight nights. You, you light one and on, the, on the first night and you light two and so on as you get through eight. But, you know, there is no description of Hanukkah given within Scripture. There is no evidence even that Jesus practiced such a religious holiday. We know that Jesus did practice the Passover and Pentecost and the Feast of Tabernacles. We know that he did that. Now, I want to point something out here. Go over to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. John chapter 10, and we'll be looking at verse 22 and following. John 10, 22 and following. It says this, And it was the feast of dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in Solomon's porch. The Jews therefore came round about him and said to him, How long dost thou hold us in suspense? If thou art the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and ye believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, these bear witness of me. But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish, and no one shall snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who hath given them unto me, is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. The Jews took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, Many good works have I showed you from the Father. For which of those works do you stone me? The Jews answered him, For a good work we stone thee not, 
but for blasphemy. And because that thou, being a man, makest thyself God, Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I said, ye are gods? If he called them gods, unto whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, say ye of him whom the Father sanctified and sent into the world, thou blasphemest? Because I said, I am the Son of God? If I do not the works of my Father, believe me not. But if I do them, though ye believe not me, believe the works that ye may know and understand that the Father is in me. And I in the Father. They sought again to take him, and he went forth out of their hand. You know, at this time, people celebrate Hanukkah. You know what? But I will not. I will not wish them a happy Hanukkah. You know why? Because people who celebrate Hanukkah typically hate my Lord. They hate the Lord Jesus Christ. They hate Him. They do not worship Him. They do not believe in Him. They hated Him. They, they, in this particular passage, they took up stones to stone Him. They did it not once, but they did it twice in this passage. These are the same people who were taking part in the Feast of Dedication. They were taking part in Hanukkah. These are the same people that we're talking about. I love Christ in no way. Number two. I love Jesus in part of the way. Uh, good question here. When was Christ born? Well, Matt, that was December 25th. Yeah. Uh, how, how do we know that? How do we know it's December 25th? Well, the answer is we don't know that. You know what? I... It is it is crazy how many people will jump on board and just wholeheartedly say December 25th is Christ's birthday. And that's it. You can ask them, where in the world do you find that in Scripture? Oh, it's there. No, you have people that will tell you it's there. And then there will be people that will say, well, it's historical. It's historical. We know that it was because it was, his, it was historical. Oh, brethren, I'm going to set before you. Two things. Number one is, obviously, within Scripture, we do not see a date given for Jesus' birth. But the question then comes, is it then historical? Is it a historical day? Now, I want to uh, give you a little illustration here. Uh, uh, Woodworker Magazine, several years ago, uh, published an article. And uh, this, there's a woodworker out of Louisiana... And he was very, very skilled. And so uh, there was a, a celebration, a bicentennial anniversary of the signing of the Louisiana Purchase. And so what they did is they went over and they found this woodworker and said, Hey, what we want you to do is we want you to make a, a table that resembles the table in which they signed the Louisiana Purchase. And so what he does, he gets to work, he sets to work, and he starts making this table, and then he, he uh, makes it look older, he ages it a little bit, and then uh, he gives it to this museum, and they, they have this bicentennial anniversary, and everything is great, and they enjoy it. And then they asked if they could keep the table, obviously. And so he said, well, sure. And so they put it on an exhibit uh, there for the Louisiana Purchase. Now, 
they, they, uh, later on, uh, this same woodworker, he had a, a daughter, and she ended up going on a field trip. And they went on a field trip to this museum. And as they get to this museum, they're going around, and, and of course they get to the Louisiana Purchase Exhibit, and they see this table. And she says, hey, my dad made that table. And the person guiding the tour said, honey, that cannot possibly be because that table is over 200 years old. You know, that's what they thought. They had, they had forgotten about it. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, this table was much older than it actually was. You know, see, and that was just in a short period of time. Just a very short period of time. You know, we do not know. We have no earthly idea of the exact date that Jesus was born. But is it possible? Is it possible to nail down a time of year? I'll submit to you that it very well is possible. And that's what we're going to do briefly here in just a moment. Look at First uh, Chronicles. First Chronicles chapter 24. We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 10. First Chronicles 24, 1 through 10. And the courses of the son of Aaron were these, the sons of Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, Eliezer, and Ithamar. But Nadab and Abihu died before their father and had no children. Therefore, Eliezer and Ithamar executed the priest's office. Verse 3. And David with Zadok of the sons of Eliezer and Ahimelech of the sons of Ithamar divided them according to the ordering of their service. Skip down to verse 7. Now, the first lot came forth to Jehoiarib, the second to Jediah, and the third to Haram, the fourth Serum, the fifth Malchijah, the sixth um, <laughs> Majimin, the seventh to Hakaz, and the eighth to Abijah. Now, there are 24 people told to work as priests. And Abijah is in the eighth course. All right, now let's skip over to the New Testament. Look at Luke chapter 1. Luke 1. Luke 1 and verse 5. There was in the days of Herod, king of Judea, a certain priest named Zecharias of the course of... Abijah. And he had a wife of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Now look at verses 8 and 9 there. Now it came to pass, while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to enter into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. Skip down to verse 23. Verse 23 of Luke 1. And it came to pass, when the days of his ministration were fulfilled, he departed unto his house. And after these days, Elizabeth, his wife, conceived, and she hid herself five months, saying, and of course, you know, she's, she's pregnant here. And so, uh, go to, uh, well, hold on to that spot. I'm, let me think here just a moment. She has uh, said, she's found out that she is pregnant, uh, or she's going to be pregnant here, uh, 
when uh, Zechariah is able to come home. Zechariah has been told that he is going to have a son. And so he is, during this time, he is giving the offering of incense during his portion, his course, the eighth course. And so he is giving this. He is able to then go home after that. And that is when this is fulfilled that she is Uh, she becomes pregnant. Now, when you're looking at the Jewish calendar, they do not fall into a 12-month calendar. Matter of fact, it is actually a 12.4-month calendar. There is a a slight difference. Now, you look at um, the month of uh, March and Nisan actually go together very well. Uh, There is a a little difference uh, every couple of years. But the same gist is there. It is around the same time of year. So Nisan falls in about March. Now, the eighth course or ninth week would be serving in May. His wife conceives and she hides for five months. Now, uh, when she conceives, it is going to be in that area of May. All right, so John the Baptist is the cousin of Jesus. Now, you add all this together, Jesus is six months younger than John. Christ's miraculous conception then has to fall in somewhere around the month of November. Nine months later is late to mid-late August or early to mid-September. Does that sound like December 25th to you? No. You're talking about August or September in which this could have happened. And there's a big there's a big gap there because you know there's a there's a couple of different things that that factors that we can need to consider. Number one is this there is that adjustment phase. Every every two years there's an eleven day difference uh, in in the month of March, the month of Nissan for them. There's an eleven day difference on those leap years they go forward 30 days to make up for that difference. Uh, so every two and three years, there is a time changer. That's why there's such a big gap. And the other part of that reason that there is such a big gap here is because, uh, you know, you're thinking nine months, but you have to start asking yourself, you know, if you, you've ever, you know, uh, you know, have a wife and she's been pregnant and she starts calculating these dates, and guys... Uh, if you're like me, she's she's talking these numbers, and that's making your head spin because she's got it down and you don't. And she's been thinking about this all the time. And now you look at nine months and you just equivalent that. You know you you're going to have a little bit of gap here. You know, 40 weeks, nine months, whatever you want to do. There is a difference here, but absolutely, 100% positively, we know. That it could not have been December. It just could not have been. There is no way around that. Now, looking at this, you've got uh, Jesus. His birth is mentioned in four Gospels. Only two of them mention his birth. Out of four Gospels, how many times do you think his death is mentioned? In all four accounts, his death is mentioned. What is the importance? Is the importance on the birth? Or is his importance on the death? 
You think about the history of Christmas. Uh, This is a winter celebration that was in correspondence to a pagan religious holiday. It's a pagan holiday. Now, these feasts were offered also by the Romans, the Chinese, and the Egyptians. They all did a winter celebration in very similar ways at very similar times of year long before Christmas ever came along. Now, in 325 A.D., this is specific, 325 A.D., the Roman Catholics, Constantine specifically, decided that, hey, we need to have an alternative for Christians. You know, just like we might today have a prom alternative, you know, they don't want the kids going to prom, so we'll have an alternative so they can do something that's better. So there's the prom alternative. This was a religious holiday to be an alternative to that festival going on because, you know, at the time of the festival, guess what was happening? Well, there was sinful things happening in some cases. And so the Catholics wanted to bring them over from doing that. And so how do you do that? How do you bring people from these feasts? How do you get your attendance back during this time of year? How do you do that? We just had an epiphany. Jesus Christ was born at this very time. Some of the same celebration that people do today were things that were done even at that time. They just came over to try to give it a different context. This has nothing to do with Christ's birthday. Nothing. December 25th. No. Nothing to do with that at all. You know, this actually started off as the 12 days of Christmas. And going from December 25th on. But then they narrowed it down to just December 25th. You know what, brethren? That's history. That is historical. You want to get down to the nitty-gritty? That is historical. I love Jesus in part of the way. Only to this time of year. You know, because there are people. There are people who will only come to services when it's Christmas. You know, I've mentioned it before, but, you know, you have those CEOs, you know, Christmas and Easter only people. You know, they they make it those two times a year, and then that's it. You know, you think about this, 95% of the conversation for these people, well, they will mention the Lord at some point only in December. That's it. That's the only time they talk about him. And then, you know, what, what strikes me here is that they also, they want to talk about baby Jesus. Baby Jesus. Now, why is baby Jesus important? I've got some ideas. Maybe you think the same way I do. Why is baby Jesus important? Because, you know, baby Jesus is cute. Baby Jesus is cute, cuddly, and I want to hold baby Jesus. You know what baby Jesus also doesn't do? Baby Jesus does not condemn me. 
Baby Jesus does not require anything of me. Baby Jesus does not command me to live differently. I love Jesus in part of the way. And so we've, we've seen those two things. I love Jesus in no way, and I love Jesus in part of the way. But brethren, we need to love Jesus in every way, in every day. And I enjoy this time of year. It is not a holy day. It is not a religious holiday. It is a traditional holiday. It is something that we we uh, have have participated in just because we enjoy it. Just because it is a time to get around family and to and to to spend time with each other and to and to maybe give a little more. That that's what it's about for us, and I'm sure that's probably what it's about for most of you, right? You know, and then there's those people. You know, you talk about this. You talk about this very specific subject, and you'll have people come out. You don't love Jesus. You don't love it. You're trying to take the Christ out of Christmas. Have you seen that? Trying to take the Christ out of Christmas. Well, I got news for you. Christ was never in Christmas. It was never there. And you know what? I love Jesus so much, I'm not going to confine him to one day a year. I'm not going to confine him to just one little period. Because I love Jesus in every way and in every day of my life. And I am going to serve him. I'm going to do what, what he wants for me. And so let's, let's talk about some of those things really quickly. A person who loves Jesus is going to love his word. John 12 and verse 48. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. You love Jesus, you're going to love his word, and you're going to want to obey it. A person who loves Jesus is going to love the church for which he died. He's going to love, he or she is going to love the church. Matthew 16, 18, And I, I, I also say unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. A person who loves Jesus is going to love his church. It's his. And they are going to want to be a part of it. A person who loves Jesus is going to worship God faithfully. In Matthew 6 and verse 33 it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first. In John 4 and verse 24 it says, God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. You know, a person who loves God is going to love baptism. They are. They're going to love baptism because that is the way that you come in contact with the blood of Christ. Romans chapter 6 verses 1 through 4 says this. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. We who died to sin, how shall we any longer live therein? Or are ye ignorant that all who... Uh, all we who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. 
We were buried therefore with him through baptism unto death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we also might walk in newness of life. Brethren, if we love our Lord, then we're going to love baptism. Because it is through baptism that we are saved. 1 Peter 3.21 It's through that that we're saved. And it's through that way that we're added to the church. To His church. And so if we love Jesus, we are going to love baptism. You know what? If we love Jesus... We are going to love marriage. In Matthew 19 and verse 4 it says, And he answered and said, Have you not read that he who made them from the beginning made them male and female? Verse 9. And I say unto you, Whosoever shall put away his wife except for fornication and shall marry another committeth adultery. And he that marrieth her when she is put away committeth adultery. A person who loves Jesus is going to love marriage. A person who loves Jesus is going to love his people. John 13 and verse 35 says that people will know that ye are my disciples if ye have love one for another. And people that love Jesus will observe his death. As is commanded. Acts 20 and verse 7. Upon the first day of the week. They were gathered together to break bread. They observed the Lord's Supper. There's a poem that's very popular. I'd like to share that with you at this point. It's called Jesus Christ the Incomparable. Jesus Christ incomparable. More than 1,900 years ago, there was a man born contrary to the laws of life. This man lived in poverty and he was reared in obscurity. He did not travel extensively. Only once did he cross the boundary of the country in which he lived. That was during his exile and childhood. He possessed neither wealth nor influence. His relatives were inconspicuous and neither had neither training nor formal education in infancy. He startled a king in childhood. He puzzled doctors in a manhood. He ruled the course of nature, walked upon the billows as if pavements, and hushed the sea to sleep. He healed the multitude without medicine and made no charges for his service. He never wrote a book, yet all the libraries of the country could not hold the books that have been written about him. He never wrote a song, and yet he has furnished the theme for more songs than all songwriters combined. He never founded a college, but all the schools put together cannot boast of having as many students. He never marshaled an army, nor drafted a soldier, nor fired a gun, and yet no leader ever had more volunteers who have, under his orders, made more... Uh, rebels stack arms and surrender without a shot being fired. He never practiced medicine, and yet he healed more broken hearts than all the doctors far and near. Every seventh day, of uh, the wheels of commerce cease their turning, and multitudes wind 
their way to worshiping assemblies to pay homage and respect to him. The names of past proud statesmen of Greece and Rome have come and gone. The names of past scientists, philosophers, and theologians have come and gone, but the name of this man abounds more and more. Although 1,900 years between the people of this generation and the scene of his crucifixion have passed, yet he still lives. Herod could not destroy him, and the grave could not hold him. He stands forth upon the highest pinnacle of heavenly glory, proclaimed of God, acknowledged by angels, adored by saints, and feared by devils as the living personal Christ, our Lord and Savior. Truly this man, Jesus, was and is the Son of God. Brethren, Do you need healing this morning? Do you need to repent of sins? Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing blood? Have you been washed in the blood of the Lamb? If there is anybody here that needs to respond to the invitation this morning, please come as we stand and as we sing.